The, but the hardest part of that job, and I, I would say brother, uh, Pastor Jason would agree with me, is preparing. The easy part is preaching. When I was a, uh, first starting to preach, uh, I hated to preach. I, I, I wanted to, but yet I was scared to death half the time. I loved to, uh, to put the message together and... and uh, you know, it's kind of flipped a little bit because when you, when you prepare, it's kind of time-consuming. And, uh, that's, you know, it's sometimes you, you sit down and, and it just flows. And other times you sit down and say, come on now, come on, you know, and, and you just, it's, it's like pulling teeth, you know, and you ride a little bit and you wad it up and throw it away. That ain't going to work. And you just, it, other times you just, you know, before you ever start, sit down. You know what, what the Lord has spoken, the, what the Lord has given you. And then, uh, you know, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's very hard. But, uh, and uh, because I'm, you know, I grew up and uh, I never took my books home from school. Why do that? I mean, you know, there's ball to play. There's stuff to do, you know. There's why take books home? And so sometimes it hits me. Why study? But you need to be prepared. And so I try to be prepared at every service. And uh, um, I, I like to have it out of the way. I like to have it before Sunday. I like to be totally, pre be pre totally prepared, everything ready, uh, uh, before Sunday morning, when I come here, I don't I don't do any studying. I do a little praying and seeking the Lord, and and uh, but but hopefully the studying is over and, and everything's ready. But I, I said all that to say this that I that I feel like that that the Lord has given me something for tonight, and uh, it's uh, I want to I want to talk about the blessed life. And uh, <clears throat> new keyboard, I apologize. Thank you. Oh, by the way, there is a new keyboard. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Uh, and uh, thankful for that. And so, uh, where was I? Oh, The Blessed Life. And so, there's a series called The Blessed Life, and I think Pastor Jason has taught from that, and, uh, but tonight, this is not that. It's, I think it's mostly about giving and preparing for all of that, and so, uh, um, you know, Although I may mention that in the, in the message tonight, this is not that lesson. But the purpose is tonight is to remind ourselves of some very important things in our life. Uh, we all want to be happy, don't we? Anybody not want to be happy? We, we all want to be blessed. We want to live a blessed life. We all want to enjoy a good life. So let's outline a few things tonight that make for a blessed life. And so I want us to start, uh, and you can remain seated for the reading of the Word tonight. Let's start with the very first chapter in Psalms. It's Psalms chapter 1. And uh, I have memorized this chapter uh, many years ago. And, uh, but, uh, and I, can, I can quote this chapter. But just in case that I might miss something, 
I'll read it to you in Psalms 1 and verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his leaf in his, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know, it's, it's not by chance that Psalms outline some of those, the most inspiring scriptures in the word of God. It's not by chance. You know, when, when, you're, when you're down... When you're, when you're struggling with something, when you're facing trouble, when you're facing problems you don't know the answer to, when, when you're in all of life's dilemmas, go to the Psalms. Read the Psalms. It inspires you. You know, it's a book of praise to God, but it's also a book of testimony of, uh, of the saving grace of God, the sustaining power of God, and it also is a testimony of the deliverance that God gives to his people, psalms. You know, it's, it's spiritual songs and, and poems. In fact, uh, it is believed that, that it was used as a hymn book uh, of the second temple. They would gather together and began to sing praises. Prayer and praise are the focus of psalms. Psalms, I don't know if you know it or not, but psalms is quoted more than any other book in the New Testament except Isaiah. Now, isn't it odd that Isaiah is quoted? Unto us a child is born. <clears throat> but it's the, it's the most quoted book in the New Testament, other than Isaiah. And it's often referred to as the Psalms of David because he wrote the bulk of the Psalms. But did you know that there are many Psalms we don't even have a clue of who wrote them? Did you realize, and I'll, I'll kind of list them here, I wrote them down. The sons of Korah, it is believed that they uh, wrote 11 Psalms Asaph wrote 12. Heman the singer wrote one. Ethan wrote one. And Solomon wrote two. Moses one. Haggai one. Zechariah one. Hezekiah, it is believed that he wrote more than one. And Ezra one. And then the remainder of who knows who wrote them. But it's also important to note of these that I just gave a list of, that there's some, there's some names in here are, that are very important to realize to know. That uh, many of David's music directors, Brother Jeff, wrote a psalm. So have you wrote, wrote any psalms lately? 
Okay, perhaps you might think about that. Just kidding. <clears throat> but what, what it points to is, is that uh, these music directors that, that you'll note in, in the Word of God, that, uh, of course, the sons of Korah and, and Asaph and, and Heman the singer and, and also uh, Ethan, that, that was one of the directors. But not only did David write the Psalms, he established a climate of praise and of, of adoration to God, of thanksgiving to the God of the universe. And, and he, he made that climate, he created that climate of praise and adoration to God. And all of these others begin to carry it on and they begin to do the same thing. Why? Because we focus on the very very first psalm, we focus on it and its importance, and it, it really gives us understanding of the rest of the psalms. Why? Because it reveals the source of happiness, joy, and on and on and on. Blessed. Strong's interprets that as happy. Blessed is the man, just happy is the man. So the blessed life is a happy life. Well, you don't understand. My life can't be happy because this and this and this and this and this. I can't have real joy because this. Where does a blessed man's blessing come from? Where does a happy man's happiness come from? So the blessed life, a happy life, Okay, ask it again. What makes a person happy? Well, you, you, you can read it in the scripture that I just read to you. It's somebody that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Somebody that doesn't stand with sinners. Somebody that doesn't sit with the scornful. Notice, this is, this is something that is very thought-provoking. Notice what it covers in this. It covers walking, standing, sitting. And if that's not enough, if you begin to go through the Psalms, if you begin to look at it, and it even covers lying down. Isn't that cool? It covers every part of a life. But let's, let's get back to it. So what great word, what's this great word that brings happiness? Well, it's kind of, in a nutshell, do right. Do things right. Do what's right. Obey God. Follow the leading of the Lord. Don't sin, which is those things that God hates. You know, through his, through his word that we learn, he outlines in his, in his word. And not only does he outline many of those things in his word, but also in his word, uh, he outlines the principles of living a holy life. The principles involved in doing right. And so, uh, in other words, <clears throat> through the word, through the principles of the word, it instructs us to, to avoid sin and uh, avoid wrongdoing like the plague. So, the happy life is the, is the life that does what's right. 
The happy life, the blessed life, is the life that is filled with trying to do what's right and obey the Word of God and live according to the Word of God. Now, you've heard me talk about this a bunch lately. I guess it's bearing on my mind. And, and they, they say that, that many times a preacher, whatever he has problems with, that he'll preach. So maybe I'm having problems with that. <clears throat> but I want to do right. How about you? I want to do what's right. I want to I want to I want to obey the word of God. I want to live according to the word of God. Folks, we don't have much time left. Time is running out and and we understand that. Well, say, well, pastor, maybe it'll be another 40 years. You know, we don't have next year. We don't have 6 months. It we don't know. We aren't guaranteed anything in any time. But perhaps we live another 40 years. Just say well, I'll only be 104. I mean, I've seen in the news many people pass that. I mean, what's that? But think of it this. What would happen if I lived another 40 years and in the next year I let something separate me from God? If I let something sever my connection with God? You know, once you drift away from God, it's a miracle to ever get back. And so, talking about the happy life, obeying the Lord, doing the commandments of the Lord, and forsaking sin like Pastor Jason so wonderfully outlined Allowing repentance to rule and direct our lives. The blessed life, the happy life, seeks the kingdom first. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All what things? Everything that the Gentiles seek after. Everything that they desire, everything that, that is important to you to, to, to have a good life and, and what you think would be a good life. Those things that, that God adds those things to us. And, and understand, don't you understand, don't you realize that the Lord knows where you're at. The very hairs of our head are numbered. And that's a major job with somebody like me because I'm losing them daily. And God is having a struggle to keep up with them. The blessed life seeks that kingdom. Everything else falls into place when we seek the kingdom first. When we seek Jesus Christ first in my life. When he is of utmost importance in my life more than anything else. When, when he's the first. How can you say that the kingdom is first? When you skip prayer. How can you say that the kingdom is first when you don't read your word? How can you say the kingdom is first when the only time you ever talk to him is in when you come to the house of God? Oh no, folks. 
We've got to love the Lord. We've got to, we've got to be so bought in to the, into the power and the presence of God that God directs our every step. You know, you know the, the kingdom of God, uh, the Bible tells us in, in Romans 14 and 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness and peace and joy. How? Through the Holy Ghost, through the Spirit of God that speaks in your life, through the presence of God that begins to talk to you, through the wonderful glory of God that begins to uh, settle upon us, righteousness and peace and joy. Amen. We need to embrace the Spirit of God in all that we do. Proverbs says it this way in Proverbs 21 and 21. He that followeth after righteousness and findeth, and, and he that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life. Righteousness and honor. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life. Righteousness and honor. He that followeth after righteousness finds life, a blessed life, a happy life, to do right, to live according to the way that God directs. He that goes after what's right and extends mercy finds life. Amen. Let me interject something to us and and to kind of give us a little bit of understanding, let me interject here that showing mercy is not enabling sin. Showing mercy is not okaying wrong and doing or overlooking injustice, wherever it's at. Showing mercy has nothing to do with that. Amen. The blessed life is, is a life that, that is filled with, with a person dedicated. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to seek the Lord all my life. I'm going to, you know, things may go, things may come, but one thing you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, stable in seeking God. I'm not going to let things throw me for a loop. I'm not, not going to let what people say to me or about me uh, somehow uh, diminish my relationship with God. You know, I can say that firsthand because I, I stand here and uh, if there's any criticism, it comes th to me. If there's any Anything of, if, if anything happens in this church, I'm the dude that's responsible for it. If the commodes overflow, who's responsible? You got it. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. But what I'm trying to say is, is I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let what somebody says. You know, we're living in, we're living in perilous times. We're living in times when, when people can say things and, and, and do things and, and just 
you know, just a lot of the stuff that, that can be innocent and, 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 and just say something. But, but let's, let's, let's understand. Let's not allow things to happen. Let's not allow uh, things in our heart. Let's not allow bitterness to somehow. Uh, if, if perhaps the Lord is blessing uh, somebody else in this church and not blessing you, don't get bent out of shape over it. Uh, rejoice with them. Rejoice and be glad and, 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 uh, and, and uphold them. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. I said I was going to get around to giving. Here we are. The blessed life involves giving. Giving 10% tithes is required, but also offerings required by the Lord. Look at Malachi 3 and 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And God replies in tithes and offerings. You can't be blessed, folks, without giving to the Lord. The tithe is the first 10%, not if you have it left over. Okay, well, I've, you know, I've, Got it all figured out, but you know, Pastor, there just wasn't enough again. That, see, that's the problem. It was the last. It's got to be the first. What you give to God has to be the first. It's got to be the best part of your life. Your best praise you give to God. You don't give half-hearted praise and expect God to be pleased with it. You give your best. If 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 you if you like football or basketball or any any kind of ball or or <clears throat> your kid is involved in something and or other maybe it's the glee club or whatever and and uh, and and you give them a standing ovation or you're at a razorback game and 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 you holler and shout to the top of your lungs go pig sewer or whatever you say you need to give better than that to the lord you need to give your very best to god because God desires our best. So you can't give, get by. You can't, you can't be blessed without giving. But an attitude of giving is more important than everything. You know, you might ask me, well, Pastor, why even mess with Grace Place? You know, this church runs Grace Place, I think it's every fourth Saturday, am I, am I right? And we designate $100 a month out of this church for Grace Place. Why? That's a waste. Why go down there? You know, many of them are people that's just going to know the system and going to come every Saturday. There's some that don't, folks. There's some that need it. There's some that, well, wait just a minute. <clears throat> what, what about, uh, let's, let's qualify and let's, let's see. Um, did they spend their money wisely? Probably not. Did they take good care of the other things? Probably not. But uh, I, I read in the, in the Bible that, that Jesus said, Take care of the poor if they qualify. Is it, does it say that? No. 
You just give. You, just, you give in spite of anything, everything. You don't look at them in a, in a, in a, in a sense of looking down on them and they're, all of us at one time were in a tight spot, or most of us. If you've been around a long time again, you, you were. You know, there's been, there's been times in, 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 our, in our married life that, that we've struggled. There's been times in several of the lives that you've struggled. You've gone through things. Well, it's your own fault. Well, probably. <laughs> probably so. I'll agree with you. But that doesn't, that, that doesn't matter. God doesn't qualify that. But God wants us to have mercy and compassion on others. So the church mans the grace place. You know, I thought about this. I don't know if you know it. Perhaps you don't. But uh, at, at one time, I, I guess you still do, Sister Grace, go to the nursing home. She goes to the nursing home and plays the piano and sings. That's such a waste. I mean, who cares? Just a bunch of old people. I mean, what does it matter? You know, they have life too. To brighten their day? That's, that's a God thing, Sister Grace. To lift their spirits? That's, that's a God thing. That's a ministry. That's what God wants us to do, lighten people's days. That's what God wants us to do, shine light and, and let the, the illumination of the power of God. If the Lord tarries and this nation goes in the way that it's going right now, and I hate to say this because I'm going to be the one probably involved, they're going to come say, well, you're so-and-so age. You're kind of not doing well. I think it's about time for you to go to meet your maker. But we're not at that point. We don't believe that. We believe that every life is important, young or old. We believe that, that you show love and appreciation to, to your elders and also the young. We believe that, we believe that, that the sun should shine upon them, that, that they, they go through problems and they go through difficulties that, that many of us don't even understand. They face hurts and pains and, 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 and feeling of, uh, of uh, being alone and left alone. Amen. And so, no, it's not a waste of time to brighten somebody's day. It's never a waste of time to spend your effort to help someone. It's never a waste of time to, to give somebody some help or, or some, some encouragement. It's never a waste of time in, in your busyness and in, in your going and doing stuff to, to, to just stop. And, 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 and if somebody's telling a story in the line at Walmart about hard times and, and, uh, and how that, that sickness has come in their family, spend a little time and pray for them. Spread a little cheer. Bring forth a little word to, to lighten their day. Your happiest moment, your happiest part of your life will be when you give to somebody else. 
the most fulfilling thing that you can do, and I would say that Sister Grace would, would agree with me, is you're going down there and spending some times and watching their faces and seeing their, their, their spirits lift as they begin to sing and minister. Wow. Hallelujah. Your happiest is when you will begin to minister to others. We become so selfish and so self-contained that we can only think about ourselves and think about what we are and, and what, what we have. And, but, but when you begin to reach out, when you begin to do for others, when you begin to, to uh, give services to others, and most of the time, it really doesn't cost anything. All it costs is a few words, a few moments of time sharing. You've got the Holy Ghost, do you not? You've got the Spirit of the Lord in your life, do you not? You've got the presence of God upon you. If you want to be truly happy, you'll begin to share the love of God with others. Somehow we think sharing the love of God is preaching to them and pointing out all their faults and, and all their wrongs. Bless God, you're going to hell unless you change. Man, that just brightens somebody's day. But when you begin to speak to them, when you begin to declare the love of the Lord, oh, listen, man, I was, I was, feeling, I was feeling so lonely, and, and, and I, I just began to read in the Psalms, and I just began to look into the Word of God, and I found out the Lord loves me. I found out God cares about me. You can share all sorts of stuff, share all sorts of testimonies. If Rhonda can do it, all of us can. Amen. So when we, when we begin to share the love of God with others, when we begin to, to reach out to others, when we begin to allow the presence of God to touch others, we will be a blessed, blessed person as we allow the Spirit of the Lord to minister to one another. Praise God. Shall we stand blessed the blessed life, the happy life. Amen. You know, you can spend your life grasping and reaching and fighting for this and for that and looking to get this and, and desperately reaching for that. And you can all, you'll always dis, be disappointed and something will be missing. But when you give your life ministering, when you give your life in service to others. The happiest part of our life, Sister McBride and I, is when we're ministering to others. That's the happiest part of our life. The most fulfilling part of our life is when we hear or see that God answers your prayer. When we hear or see that God is doing something and you share with us how God has stepped in. Oh, we're ecstatic because God has answered a prayer. God has ministered to someone. Amen. That's when life is happy. That's when life is fulfilling. When you minister. When you give back what the Lord has given you. It can be at the simplest, most inopportune times when God is there and allows you to reach to somebody 
And so, can I recap one more time? To do right, to live right, and give to the Lord, and allow the Lord Jesus Christ to direct our ways and to give to others. Praise God. Would you just begin to lift up a hand and begin to magnify and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, there's peace in the house of God. There's liberty in the house of God. The presence of the Lord is here. Perhaps if you don't mind, if, if you just reach out to someone in this service, there's somebody that needs you. There's somebody that needs your prayer. There's somebody here that needs your voice of encouragement to them. Would you do that before we're dismissed? Hallelujah. Right now.